بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين جزاك الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أي الله سبحانه وتعالى أكسبت أورديد أي الله سبحانه وتعالى make this درس we are meeting each other in as another good deed in our scale in the judgment in the judgment day in the day of the judgment people will receive their books but they will receive them differently فَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينَهِ that's the one first one وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِشِمَالَهِ that's another one and it's mentioned in the other ayah وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ وَرَاءَ ظَهْرِهِ behind his back those ones who are receiving their books by their right hands they will be so happy that they cannot really keep this happiness inside they will show it to the others look to my book he will tell people that day look to my book he wants to show them people are busy they don't want to talk to him nobody wants to talk to each other but in that day that man wants to show the people his book that he is passing and his book is good and he is, he has passed the test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made for him while the other one who is receiving his book in his left hand or behind his back will try to hide it will start to make dua on himself يَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أُوْتَ كِتَابِيَ وَلَمْ أَدْرِ مَا حِسَابِيَ يَا لَيْتَهَا كَانَتِ الْقَاضِيَةِ when we think about this dirt as an example any good deed we are talking about the dirt because we are in it now we are doing something that we want Allah wa ta'ala to accept as a good deed. We want Allah wa ta'ala to accept this and put it in our scale, in our book, that Ya Allah, we are here, leaving our children, our houses, our business, our things away. We are coming to your masjid, your bait, to deal with our brothers, to talk about your deen. Ya Allah, this is your deen we are talking about. We are trying to understand it. We are trying to have more understanding of it, so we will worship you the way you like. So in this, with this niyyah, with this intention, we hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept our deeds. And this will be really something we will be happy to see in the judgment day. That we have been. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in his holy book subhanahu wa ta'ala that the people of Jannah, in Jannah, they will discuss what they were doing in the, in the, in the dunya life. إِنَّا كُنَّا قَبْلُ فِي أَهْلِنَا مُشْفِقِينَ فَمَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا وَوَقَانَا عَذَابِ السَّمُونَ They are talking to each other in Jannah about what they have been doing in dunya. We used to do this, we used to do that. Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted our deed. Alhamdulillah, we are in Jannah. That's what they are saying. So, don't be surprised if this dars will be another thing we're going to talk about inshallah in Jannah. Because you and I, both of us came in here, Hoping that Allah will accept our deeds, will accept what we are going to talk about, will make what we are saying in our good deeds side of the scale. That's the start of it. Tonight, inshallah, we are discussing the case of obedience in a short word. Obedience? Yes. To obey. To obey who? 
obedience in this case going to be to Allah and to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and to the ulil amr those ones who have order on us authority on us and they are two scholars, ulama and rulers not only one of them but both so there are three in here Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and our rulers and scholars but we have to be careful in here to understand this case we have to look to the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned these three types to be obeyed and look clearly and focusing on that ayah we will understand something different listen to this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said it's not mentioned in the chapter by the way although it should be there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the holy book Ya ayyuhalladina wa ati'u Allah wa ati'u Allah ati'u in Arabic language means an order to obey wa ati'u Allah ati'u because he's talking about all more than one wa ati'u Allah that means independently anything from Allah must be obeyed to do or to refrain وَأَطِيعُ الرَّسُولَ again independently because the وَأَطِيعُ is here the, 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 word, the order is here the verb is here independently whatever comes from Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to do not to do must be obeyed also then the third kind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنْكُمْ ah there is no وَأَطِيعُ here and that's very important point why? because أُولِي الْأَمْرِ who is containing both ulama and rulers scholars and rulers they are not to be obeyed independently but to be obeyed upon and according to the obedience of Allah and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam let's see this the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said لا طاعة لمخلوق في معصية الخالق no obedience to anyone, any creature in the case of disobeying the creator very natural and the other hadith and this is of course Sahih by Al-Albani rahimahullah the other hadith which is in Al-Bukhari إِنَّمَا الطَّاعَةُ فِي الْمَعْرُوفِ إِنَّمَا الطَّاعَةُ فِي الْمَعْرُوفِ الطَّاعَةُ to obey only in the things which is allowed so what if Let's take it piece by piece now. A father in his house is only Amr. Wali Amr. Wali Amr in the house is the father. If the father orders his son to go and buy something that's allowed. Cigarettes, drugs, whatever. Then actually, originally, the son must obey his father. But in this case, no. In this case, he is not supposed to obey his father. Now take this example, put it in the ulama. Although ulama scholars usually, supposedly, will not order things or will not tell people to do things wrong. But just imagine, imagine for any reason, a scholar tells people to do something wrong. Then, although we are supposed to obey them naturally, but in this case, we are not supposed to obey them. Still respect is there, 
the loss is there, but because they made a mistake in this, we will not obey them. Let me give you an example which happened just a few days ago. One of the scholars, said to be a scholar, I cannot really say yes or not, Ahmed al-Kubaysi, you heard of him. This man, an Iraqi scholar, he is seen on Dubai, I think Dubai uh, channel, or something about that, I'm not sure about it. But he said something bad about Mu'awi ibn Abi Sufyan. Now, in this case, wait. We have to be careful. This man now is supposed to be a alim. He has graduated from ulama schools and, and, and universities and he's giving fatwas and so on. Fine. But in this case now we have to stop. We will not obey him in such a case. When he says, you have to say things about Muawiyah, radiallahu anhu, we say, wait, this is wrong. We cannot say this. Muawiyah is a sahabi. And sahabi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book that he already satisfied with them. If Allah had satisfied with all Sahaba, who is going to say that one of the Sahaba is bad? A'udhu Billah. Sahaba, when Muhammad Sallam died, they were more than 120,000. Each one of them, we love them. They are not on the same level, yes, but they are Sahaba. So if someone asks us to say bad things about Muawiyah, as an example, we will not obey him. Although he is a alim, yes, but we will not obey him. This case actually is very sensitive, but it's very important for a Muslim to know. We're not talking from the side of the tub, we're talking about ourselves, subject people. When we are ordered by the people who have authority on us, whether they are fathers, managers, general managers, owners of companies, rulers, or ulama, scholars, we are having three cases. If they order us with things that Allah orders to do or Muhammad orders to do, we must obey. Because we are not only obeying them, but we are obeying Allah in the first. As an example, if a alim or a ruler, first people you must pray with jama'ah for men. You have to obey him? Yes, we do. We are not only obeying him, but actually we are obeying Allah wa ta'ala, but we are having two ibadah at the same time, obeying Allah and obeying Rasulullah and also obeying the one who told us to pray. If the father told his son, Son, you must pray with Jama'ah. Then the son is doing the three worshippings at the same time. He's obeying Allah when Allah told him, Waqim salah He's obeying Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he said, Sallu kama raitum when you salli. And he's obeying his father also when he told him to make salah with Jama'ah. So he's doing three things, three worshippings at the same time. Faith. Make it vice versa. A father now is telling his son to do bad things. They don't pray with jama'ah. Don't pray in the masjid. Don't pray at all. Don't be a fundamentalist. Don't exaggerate by praying with jama'ah. Ah, the son then he, he will not obey his father. Because his order of his father is contradicting with the order of Allah and the order of Muhammad Then these two hadith we mentioned comes in here. I'm giving these examples because I want to go further now when we talk about the case of government and rulers and ulama. When we come to say any government in this world, even if they say they are Muslim government, and even if they say they are practicing Islam, we are supposed to obey them, yes, as long as they are ordering us to obey Allah Taala, Rasulullah. And that's the first case. 
The second case is if the ruler or the alim or the father order the people who, are, who have authority on them to do halal things. As an example, traffic system. When they made this traffic system, they say when their, their life is red, you must stop. And when the green is there, go ahead. Is this the Quran and Sunnah? Is this part of the deed? No. Say, what is it? Do I have to obey? Yes, you have to obey. Why? Because it is ordered by the ruler, the one who has authority on you. So we have to obey. Because he's ordered us with halal things. Now we have a must, because, because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah and the ruler or the scholar. The second thing is the halal things which is allowed to be done and not to be done, but it's ordered by the authorities, then we have to obey. Comes the third thing. The haram things. As we said before, if it's ordered by anybody, no acceptance. No acceptance. Hey, what if this authority is capable of hurting me if I don't do? That depends on how much force is there. And we have the example of Ammar ibn Yasir, one of the Sahaba of Muhammad when he was forced by Quraysh at that time before Muhammad immigrated from Mecca, when they forced him to say bad things about Muhammad and he was going to die because they were putting his head into the water until he was going to sink or drowned, then he radiallahu anhu said that what they wanted him to say, then he went to Muhammad sallallahu crying or weeping and he told him, Ya Rasulullah, this is what happened to me he said, how do you find your heart he said, full of iman he said, if they do it again, do it again or if they do it again, say it again but that as he said depends on the case of the force a strong force that may hurt you totally, troubles this, that, this is another case, but Still, let's say, we're talking about a general case now. Must obey, from Allah and Rasulullah and the authorities, must obey, if it's only from the authorities in halal cases, not to obey. If it is from the authorities or from the ulama, and it is haram thing. But that's quick introduction to the case. Let's see what's mentioned here. He mentioned in here some hadith, or saying of Sahaba and Ulama, then the last one is which was the hadith we're going to talk about, which is very important one, also the case of the story of Adi ibn Hatim when he came to Rasulullah وسلم, and he was a Christian before that. Right. First one he mentions the Ibn Abbas saying, Ibn Abbas was telling these other Sahaba about something. And he said, Rasulullah said so. Those Sahaba said, but Ibn Abbas, Ibn Abbas, Abu Bakr said and Umar said, he said, A'udhu Billah, A'udhu Billah. It's expectable that rocks or stools come to you from the heavens. I'm telling you, so Rasulullah said, did he say Abu Bakr and Umar said? La ilaha illallah. Just imagine now, who is compared here? Abu Bakr and Umar, radiallahu anhuma, the best two men in this ummah after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I'm sure that they will never say something again if what Muhammad said. But still Ibn Abbas wants to show these Sahara that the case of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not compared to anybody else. 
He said, expect it is expected that you are going to receive rocks or stones from this, the heavens. I'm telling you, Muhammad said, he said, Abu Bakr said, Abu Ammar said, Ishhada. So in this case now, what if we compare what he said, Rabbi Allah, to us now? You come to some people and say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Muhammad said, Ya Shaykh, Wallahi, such and such scholar said. But that book, I found in that book such and such. Ishhada that. We are saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, and he say, I found in that book. But the problem here comes in the case of the fanatic. So Muslims, unfortunately, they stick too much to the madhab. Ah, be careful. We are not saying leave the madhab, but we say don't be fanatic to the madhab. I am, as they say, I am humble. I studied the fiqh from the Ibn Hanbal side. Some of you studied fiqh from the Hanafi side. Some of you, Shafi'i side. Some of, some of the other brothers are from Maliki side. Does it mean that we have to leave all of this? No. These are fantastic school of thought. They have done a lot of work in it. They have done fantastic work in it. Yes, but we don't put this madhab before the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We don't put this madhab before they are the words of Allah wa ta'ala. So in this case now, when someone comes to me and say, you said such and such, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said so, or Muhammad Hassan said so, I say, Jazakallah khair, thank you. Thank you. What you said is correct. I will have to go to the ayah and the hadith and make sure that what you have said is truly meant in this ayah and this hadith. If so, I will leave what I said. And I gave you so much time to the example of Sheikh bin Baz, rahimahullah. He was the mufti of this land, Saudi Arabia. He was the head, alim, actually, truly, of this area, rahimahullah. And he was raised as a humble. And I told you, Hanbalis, they say in Salah, you put your hand in your belly button or beneath it. But he said, Rahimahullah, no. Hanbalis is mistaken in here. There is a stronger hadith saying that should be put in the chest, so he put it in the chest. I studied Hanbali Madhab when I was in, in, in uh, elementary school and uh, intermediate school and in high school. And we, I studied that to put hands in the stomach or the, the belly button area. Now, when I saw this hadith, which is stronger than the hadith which is used by the Hanbalis, I will say, sorry, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the first. Hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, before the words of Ahmad ibn Hanbal or Shafi'i or Malik or Abu Hanifa. Still, 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 we are respecting them. We love them because they have done a lot for this deed. Rahimahumullah. But in the same case, we say, although we love them, although we, we respect them, but we don't put them in front of Allah or for Rasulullah So in this case of Ibn Abbas, he is trying to show the Sahaba how dangerous what they have said. And he is teaching us not to be fanatic to other people except Allah and Rasulullah Whatever in Quran and Sunnah, we take them. Okay, some people will say, you don't know better about Quran and Sunnah than these ulama. Why you bring these things while ulama said so? Okay, Jazakallah khair. This ulama said, and there are ulama others said something else. Who am I supposed to follow? This ulama or this, this alam or this alam or this alam? Oh, qala Allah, qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yani if Ahmad ibn Hanbal understood from this hadith, this thing. But Abu Hanifa understood something else. Shafi'i, other thing. Now, I'm in trouble in here. 
Am I supposed to follow this one or this one or this one? We are supposed to follow Quran and Sunnah. When you study these madhabs, by the way, this is an important case because some brothers are sensitive in this case. When you study the case of these madhabs, Hanbali, Hanafi, Shafi'i, Maliki, and so on, you will see that when you study their fiqh side, by the way, the case of Tawheed, monotheism, they are the same. They are the same. There is no difference between Shafi'i, Malik, Ahmad, Muhammad, and Abu Hanifa in the case of Creed. They have no difference. But the difference comes in the fiqh side. How to worship Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. That's it. And when you come to these cases, you will find that Abu Hanifa or Shafi'i or Malik or Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahumullah, maybe they missed one hadith. You find a hadith with the Shafi'i, but not with Ahmad ibn Hanbal. While Abu Hanifa did not have another hadith, as an example. Although we say that Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, he was the first Imam of these four. Abu Hanifa was born in the year of 80 Hijriah and died in the year of 150. So he was the first one. Last one was Ahmed ibn Hanbal and he died in the year of 241. How many years now? About 90, 90 years after the death of Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. So let's see in here. Abu Hanifa at the time when he was in, in Iraq, there were a lot of lies on the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Abu Hanifa was so strict not to take any hadith until he is 100% sure that this hadith is the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But actually, there were a lot of lies in that time. We can see it clearly in the words of Abdullah ibn Umar, one of the Sahaba, son of Umar ibn Khattab, he said, you are Iraqi people, hadith goes from our side, one shibr, to you in Iraq, and comes back one dura. Yeah, you know how much difference now between this and this? They add more than double. And the problem comes in the point that some strange people in that time saying that we are not, li- we are not lying on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa we are lying for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa What do you mean we are lying for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Muhammad sallallahu needs your lie? The deen of Allah needs lies to, to, in order to, to make people accept it? Strange thing to say. While Muhammad clearly said in the hadith, من كذب علي متعمدا فليتبوأ مقعده من النار. Whoever lies on Muhammad intentionally, he will take his place internally in Jahannam. Because يتبوأ in Arabic language means he will go back to his place. As Allah said in his early book, فأمه هاوية His mother is Jahannam. In Surah Al-Qari'ah. وَمَا أَدْرَكَ مَا يَهْنَارٌ حَامِيَ And the mother will not let her child go away, she will hug him. And Jahannam will hug those people who lie on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So in this case, Ibn Abbas is telling us a very clear point to say, be careful if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa says something, and of course if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said something, we are supposed to stop in there. And not to try to use our minds to change the meaning or say, but such and such sheikh said, or such and such alim said, or such and such imam said, no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Muhammad wa said, stop in here. Take it and say, I accept, no doubt, no objection. The second case, or the hadith, actually is not hadith, it's the new, that Ahmed Muhammad rahimahullah was astonished when we heard that some people, they know 
how to study the chain of the hadith to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But still they leave this and they go and take the words of another guy, another alim called Sufyan. Sufyan Thawri was one of the imams in that time. Some people that time, they said, we will not study hadith, we will go just and take the words of this imam. So who was amazed? How is this? Why are they doing this? Then he recited this ayah. Rahimahullah. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let these people who are doing this be so afraid that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will throw fitna on them or will put them in very hard punishment. It's impossible for a Muslim to believe this. We hear, قال الله What we are supposed to say? Just listen. As Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu said, he told us, whenever you hear, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, whenever you hear this word, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, listen carefully, not only by your ear, but also by your heart, because Allah is talking to you. Aren't you a mu'min? Aren't you? We are mu'min, inshaAllah. We are mu'min. Nobody is telling you, inshaAllah, that inshaAllah, here is the problem. We'll talk about it later, because some people say, if you say, inshaAllah, you are not a mu'min. This is a big case, we'll talk about it, inshaAllah, later on. But, we are moving, he is talking to us. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu. You and you and you and me and others. So Allah is talking to us, what are we supposed to say? What are we supposed to do? Close our ears, go away, not to listen? No, we have to sit, stop and wait. What Allah wants to say to us? Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu dukhulu fi silmi kaafah. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu attaqullah. Beware of Allah. Beware of the anger of Allah. Beware of the punishment of Allah. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu attaqullah. Wa tandur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghad. Wa attaqullah. Again. So Allah is talking to us. In this case now, whenever I hear, Qala Allah, Qala Rasuluhu, I have to stop and listen. Also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Told us in his holy book, how to deal with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawti al-nabi. Don't you dare raise your voice. More than the force of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu Akbar. Sayyid Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is dead already. What can we do now? When we hear the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we have to stop talking. We have to stop raising our voices. We have to respect Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not the one who is speaking, no. But we are respecting the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we hear someone saying, Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then stop and listen. Listen what to what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wants to say to you. Because that's part of respect of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When someone is really interrupting the one who is talking to him by Quran or talking to him by the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is in danger. He is in danger of fitna. And fitna, you know, it means that he will re- reject some of the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A person is telling him, Ya Akhi, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Say, but, but just such and such imam said, tell me this. I'm telling you that Rasulullah Where is respect of Rasulullah? Where is love of Rasulullah? Love of Rasulullah is not only by the tongue. It's easy to say by the tongue. Ya Habibi Ya Rasulullah. Make me that for Rasulullah. Make this for Rasulullah. When it comes to obey Rasulullah, that's it. Busy. So if Rasulullah is telling you do this, why did you obey? It's, it's easy to say by tongue because it does not cost anything. But it will cost a lot when you 
obey Muhammad to pray with Al-Fajr with Jama'ah. It will cost you to cut your fine sleeping, fantastic sleeping. You are tired, you slept late last night, you have to wake up in the early time for Fajr prayer. This is another test. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu wa are testing us to see, are we going to make what they love more important to us than what we love? They, Muhammad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Muhammad sallallahu told us to wake up for Al-Fajr prayer. And that's very hard for us. We hate to wake up early. We have to, we hate to, to cut our nice sleeping. But we have to love it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves it and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's a fantastic and strong test for each one of us. We hear Adhan, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah. How are we going to do? Wallah, I am tired. Ya Allah, forgive me. Allah ghafur rahim and see. Allah ghafur rahim, true. Any objection? No. But also Allah shadid al-iqab. Don't forget this one. Combine all the names and qualities of Allah together. Don't take part and leave the rest. Ghafur rahim, yes. But also shadid al-iqab. And he told us clearly to wake up for Al-Fajr and pray with Jama'ah. Leave our nice bed, leave our warm bed, leave our nice wife, leave everything, go, make wudu, go for salah. Not only this, but also you are required to wake up your wife and your children. وَأَمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ Only? Order them to pray? Only? No! وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا Istabr here, he did not say isbir, no, he said istabr. And istabr is not the same as isbir. Isbir means be patient. Isbir make more and more and try to have more and more patience. This brothers, the elders one of course, they have yani, uh, teenagers, sons, they wake up for al-fajr, they will face a lot of trouble. Because to wake up a teenager for, for al-fajr prayer, especially if they are, they are late sleeping, you know, you will face a lot of trouble. But when you remember that Allah subhanahu told you, وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا then he will say, Allahu Akbar, Allah wants to give me more ajr, more good deed. Follow him, yalla, push this guy to the hammam, karamkumullah, go to this one, push this yalla, yalla, move this, wake this up. You wake him up from sitting here, he goes to the other room, bring him to the other room to the bathroom. Yes, you have to. No other choice. You have to do this, because when you do this, you are gaining more ajr, more good deed. Go ahead, good deed. Go ahead, good deed. Now we are talking about those people who wake up for Al-Fajr, but we are not talking about those people who are supposed to wake up one hour, two hours before Al-Fajr prayer. Ah, these are different people now. These are different people. These are the people of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The one who stands most of the night praying sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As our mother Aisha told us that his feet were bleeding because of much standing sallallahu alayhi wa and Allah told him in the beginning, when he, before he sent him as the messenger, he told him in Surah Al-Muzzammil, Ya ayuhal muzzammil, qum al-layla illa qalila. Most of the night. Nisfahu, half of it, awun qusmihu qalila, or less. Why? Why Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was told to do this? Because, listen to the next ayah. Inna sanulqi alayka qawlan taqila. We're going to give you a heavy duty to do. You cannot do it unless you are this person who have made himself ready for this. I urge you, brothers, to go after this dars, inshallah, whether at home or any place, to go and check the meaning of the beginning ayahs, the first ayahs of Surah Al-Muzzammil. Why Muhammad was taught in the beginning to do all of these hard work of salah? Although salah was not mandatory. 
Salah was mandatory only after Isra and Mi'raj, that was 10 years after starting of da'wah. But that was in the beginning days of da'wah. Why? Because to prepare a person, to train a person for da'wah, he needs to do this. Those people who want to make da'wah must have some of the night praying. Not only Al-Fajr, we're not talking about Al-Fajr here, no. Al-Fajr, this is for lazy people like us. But we're talking about the people who have to stand for tahajjud. One hour or two hours in the end of the night, the last third of the night, to pray. Because when they do this, then they will feel the difference. Those people who have secrets with Allah, who knows about you, you are standing in the night, everybody is sleeping. And you are standing with your Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, talking to Him, asking Him. Upon the hadith of Muhammad, he told us that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, comes down to the dunya heaven, as sama dunya. And he says, the minute he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the hadith of Qudsi, whoever is asking something, I'll give it to him. Who is making istighfar, I'll forgive him. What's our answer? Snoring. Snoring in the bed. Unfortunately. Now, when we want to go higher in this deen, we have to follow Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he is the Qudwa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا The best person ever walked in earth, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Look at his life. How did he live? Did he live for food and money and women and so on? Or did he live for this deen? How much he faced? How much he suffered in order to spread this deen and convey this deen to everybody? He is the man. We are supposed to take him as fantastic idol. Then we come to the hadith of Adi ibn Hassan. And this hadith, inshallah, is Hassan by Al-Albani and some others, and different words also. The story of this hadith is a man called Adi ibn Hassan. Adi ibn Hassan was a Christian. And he knows a lot about Christianity, and he is some kind of scholar of Christianity. Then he reverted to Islam. And he became a Sahabi because he met Muhammad sallam and he died in Islam. Once, in the beginning of his Islamic life, he came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He heard him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He heard Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reciting this ayah about the Jew and Christians. اتخذوا أحبارهم ورهبانهم أربابا من دون الله. So, Adi ibn Hatim did not get the meaning, true meaning of this ayah. He said, Ya Rasulullah, we did not worship them. Ahbar and Ruhban are the scholars and the worshippers of the Christian and Jew. He said, Ya Rasulullah, we did not worship them. But Allah said here, subhanahu wa ta'ala, اتخلوا أحبارهم أربانهم أربابا يعني more than just God's Lord. And you know the difference between Lord and God. Lord is the one who creates and does everything almost. Now, you have to find, understand why the difference in here. Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, you did. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, who did not worship them? Because Ali ibn Hatim in that minute, he's thinking of bowing and making sujood and to this Ruhban wa Arbaab. I'm sorry, Ruhban wa Arbaab. He said, this is the case. He said, Ya Rasulullah, who did not do this? We never went to the, the, the scholar the, the, the Ahbar, the Ruhbans, and make bound for them. Never. Then Muhammad clarified this ayah to him. 
and said, and he asked him a question, didn't they make halal thing haram for you and you accept it? He said, yes, they did. Then he said, didn't they make haram thing halal for you and you accept it? He said, yes. He said, this is the worship. And that's our case in this. hadith brought in this chapter for this case. That when scholars or worshippers or rulers or parliament or this or that make rules contradicting Sharia, contradicting Sharia, and we accept, we are making them lords. We are taking them as lords instead of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And this is very dangerous. Why to say Lord, not to say God? God is worshipped. Lord is the one who is controlling, the one who is making laws. When we accepted them to make laws for us, contradicting Sharia, then we are taking them as Lord. Which is very dangerous. Very dangerous. Nowadays, you will find people, they say, oh, fantastic. Democracy is fantastic. Democracy is fantastic. That's what they say. Thinking of democracy from the side of that democracy is something giving everybody his right. Democracy means that part of people are making the laws for the others and they are doing this because they are representing the people, the nation. So it's not the dictator who is making the laws, it is the people who are making the laws for themselves. Both of them is wrong. Because making the laws is not for us. It's for the one who created us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is hukmu illa lillah. The one who made the laws for us is the one who knows the best about us. We know in this life, if you buy a computer, you will follow the manual, the user's guide, because you know that the one who manufactured this computer knows better than you. So you will follow his direction with this user manual. طيب الله سبحانه وتعالى ولله المثل الأعلى created us and gave us the manual the book of him the Quran and the Sunnah and he told us if you follow this you will be in the best way in the best life who will make better for us than Allah تبارك وتعالى who will know who will know better than Allah سبحانه وتعالى about us nobody that's why you will see the rules of the human beings have been changing every year but every minute sometimes in Britain as an example that's historical. A hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, in Britain, it was in the law of the Britain, it, was, it is allowed for the husband to sell his wife that he's selling anything else. It is in the law, it's in historical. No, 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 doubt, no doubt about it. The husband is allowed in the law to sell his wife. That's why, actually, we used to have... Um, an instructor, a British instructor, a British instructor in Saudi Airlines that time, and he was saying a lot about Saudi women. They say, you people in Saudi, you are insulting the women and this and this and this. I said, okay, wait, wait a second. You are from Britain? He said, yes. I said, okay. Do you remember that 100 years ago, the law of Britain says that the husband is allowed to sell his wife? Then he stopped. He said, listen, don't, don't say things you didn't know. Now the law we are saying here in Saudi Arabia, we are trying to say that this law is the Quran and Sunnah. And that's what is 
what is made by Allah wa ta'ala descended to us in this Quran that's the Sharia of Allah wa ta'ala and we are following it because it's the best in this world and we are proud of it we are proud to say that women must stay home when this civilization came to change our life to make it like what they are having now they are not complaining about their life a woman is jumping to work like a man and she's paying half of the rent of the apartment and she's paying half of the bills of the apartment. Say, okay, you want to make equality? Fine, fantastic. A man is working and paying and the woman is working and paying. But the woman is also getting pregnant. The man must get pregnant also. Yes, make equality. Why, why you guys are... This is the case. If you want equality, make them this one. If you want equality, then you have, in your company as an example, you have to make the T-boy have the same salary for the general manager. Equality. What's the problem here? No. Each one, if you are hiring in your company, somebody, you are hiring him according to his qualification, his capability. This guy is only a T-boy, so he's taking the small salary. Why that guy is the general manager? Because he is educated person and so on, so we give him higher salary. So it's the same thing if you come to this case of... Women cannot work the man work. Because Allah created her differently. Yeah. You ask yourself, your child is crying at night, what are you going to do? You going to spend whole night taking care of him, clear him from dirt? No way. A man is a man. But the woman poor lady. The poor wife, she will wake up whole night, rocking the child, taking care of him, cleaning him from dirt and so on. Because Allah created her this way. She has the emotions. She's more emotional than you. While you as a man supposed to face the dunya, face the problem, go to work and hard this, and you're giving her the house to be the queen of the house and take care of it. By the way, the Western ladies are really, would love to have the same life, but they couldn't. And that's from our own experience. So many, so many American ladies, we have, you know, the, the brothers have met with their wives, they say, we wish that we are like you. One of my relatives, he said, an American neighbor, lady neighbor, used to visit his wife. Then she was amazed, why, why you are not working? She was saying to the, the wife of that Saudi, you are not working, Ishara, why, why are you staying here? How are you going to pay the house the rent? How are you going to pay how, uh, the, the bills? She doesn't pay anything. What? He said, no, I don't pay anything. He's paying, he's responsible. He said, who said so? He said, Allah, the Creator. And his sharia and his law, that the man must pay everything. Not only the husband, by the way, or the father. It's also even yeah, if if the lady is having no relatives except one from fifth grandfather, far away, he must pay for her. That's a bunch of sharia. And if your name is Muhammad Ahmed Nasser Ali Mahmoud, and there's a lady with another name until the change comes to Mahmoud. So you have five fathers in there. And nobody's taking care of her. Nobody's going to take her expenses. You are responsible by the Sharia to pay her. Woman here is a queen. She is a daughter and you have to pay for her. She is a sister. You have to pay for her. She is mother. You have to pay for her. She is a wife. You have to, all of them. And she's staying at home to take care of the rest of her job. She has her own job and you have your own job. When you mix things and you make the T-boy as a general manager, this is a problem. Forget about this one. Take another example. You have a company working in construction, building. 
Will you hire a doctor, medical doctor, to be a manager or to be one of the workers in there? Of course not. He's a doctor, he's a doctor. A doctor is a doctor. If this doctor came to you and said, you are a prejudice, you do not allow me to have this position. Habibi, I'm not prejudiced. I'm just saying that you are a doctor, you cannot work as an engineer. Same thing, cannot book. Yani, if you bring a guy who has a PhD in engineering, and all of a sudden he decides to make a, a clinic, a clinic of Abdullah Musa, engineer Abdullah Musa. Is it possible? They have PhD, yeah. you have PhD in engineering. Why you? Wait a second. It's the case of qualification, case of measuring. That's the case of women in here. A woman has her own qualifications. Oh, Allah created her this way. She is emotional. She is this. She... Halaf. Keep her in there. Keep her where she is supposed to work and work where you are supposed to work. Right. This is some case we have learned where we went so far in it. Right. So in this case now, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is explained to Adi ibn Hatim. The case that worshipping these people is not the case of bowing to them, but obeying their laws which is against the law of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. When someone is obeying the scholars or the rulers or the general manager in something against the sharia, then he is worshipping him. And he is taking him as a lord also. There is a case which is connected to this, by the way, but it's not our topic actually. We have discussed this before. The case of those who are ruling with the rules or judging by the rules which is not sharia. What is their status? And we explained it quickly just now, just to give it, because uh, connected to this topic in some case. Whoever changed the sharia totally and used some other law, French law, Swiss law, American law, Indian law, so on law, other than sharia, he is called as a kafir. But if he judges in one case or two, for some reasons, then this is another case. So, we are not here to talk about these people, we are talking about ourselves now. What are we supposed to do if we have in our country a parliament saying that alcohol should be halal because people need it? We don't obey it, we don't like it, we don't accept it. Because if we do, we are part of it. That's why we say, and this will be concluded with us, inshallah, to say, types of people towards other laws other than Sharia. How are we going to deal with it? We have to do some three types. Three types of people. The first type is those who accept and like these laws, which is against Sharia, contradicting with Sharia to Muhammad sallallahu And they maybe dislike Sharia even, those are falling into major kufr. They are not kafirs in here, be careful, we are not saying persons are kafirs. This is very dangerous. But we are saying they are falling into kufr, major kufr, because they are accepting other law which is against the Sharia of Muhammad sallallahu The second one is the people who follow certain, for certain benefits. They are following these rules because they are gaining some favor or some benefits. Still they are saying Sharia is the best. But we are just doing this because we are having some benefits out of it. They are falling into minor kufr. They are not excluded from Islam, but they are in danger. The third one is, if they follow these rules because they are ignorant. They are ignorant. They didn't know. Then these are two kinds. If they are capable of learning and knowing, then they are sinful. If they don't, if they are not capable of learning, people who are farmers or they are in the desert and they didn't know these things, you know, then they are, inshallah, forgiven. 
But let's put in mind that we are not ignorant. We are not ignorant people. We are Muslims, alhamdulillah, and we know our Islam, and we know the rules of Islam and Sharia of Muhammad So we are not allowed to accept any rules against the Sharia of Muhammad How to deal with that? This is another case. But just first of all, starting from the point to say that it is not acceptable for us to allow or accept these rules against the Sharia of Muhammad We have to have in our minds and our hearts that we love this Sharia and we must follow it by any means we can. I hope I have give a gift enough explanation to this point, although it's yani, an important case. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept what we have said. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Yes, Sheikh Salman. Uh, about the Fajr prayer. Yes. If you miss the Fajr prayer, no. and you are playing with the Zohar. No, you can't. You can't combine. Before the Zohar? Before the Zohar, no. As soon as you wake up, yani, ulama said, let me just give you this point, ulama said that if you put the alarm clock for fajr prayer, but you do not wake up, for any reason, yani, you just turn off the, the tablet, you know, if you are tired usually, sometimes if you are tired, maybe you, the, the, your mobile or your alarm clock comes on and just you turn it off unconsciously, and you just suddenly you wake up, it's already, sun is already up or raised, then you have to go directly make wudu and make salah before anything else. No combining to a door or before a door. No, or wait until I go to work or so on. But if someone, and this is a little dangerous case in here, if someone is putting his own alarm intentionally at 7:30, putting in mind that he will not wake up for a fajr prayer in time, but he will pray when he wakes up. Ah, this is very dangerous. Some ulama say this is major kuf. This is major kuf. Some ulama say. So we have to be careful now. How much we have to face, no problem. Yeah. The more we suffer for Allah, the more we get ajar. Sorry, come to this one. And when you wake up at 8 o'clock and pray, the two is obligatory or only... Yes, yes, you can do it before or after, no problem. No, no, is it obligatory? Yes. I've heard that the sunnah in huh? fajr has to be done even if it is late. Yes. But the sunnah for Zohar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, no problem. Even though? No. Fajr is, uh, even though and Asr, because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Asr, there is no. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, once he was busy after the Zohar with some people coming to him from outside of Medina, until the Asr prayer came and he made a prayer of Asr, then he made the two sunnah of Zohar after Asr, no problem. That's called Qadha. Because doing, doing the Salah is two types. Qadha or Ada. Ada means in time. On time. Qadha means after time. If you, if you forget, if you sleep, if you, yani, you get so busy, then you do the, the Salah, the Sunnah especially, after, in the, in the whenever you are free. So this is the case here. Some people say, well, after Asr, I'm not allowed to pray. Yes, truly. After Salah al-Asr, the al-Maghrib, this is a time where Salah is not supposed to be done, but except, there is exception. Exception is for those salawat which has a reason. Like Janazah Salah. After Asr, no problem. Sunnah of Tawaf. After Tawaf, you finish after Asr, as an example. Then you wait these two rakats, no problem. Sun, uh, uh, salah which is already missed, like if you forget the door, as an example, you pray the door without wudu, then you remember in the middle of the asr that you did not pray, you pray the door without wudu, then you make wudu and make salah the door. So this is called the reason salah. This is salah with reasons. Then you say it any time, no problem. Yes, yes. 
دون سنة فرس من ثلاثة فجر نبرة. يس. لو عيد لا فرس عن اليسار. عن اليسار نبرة. فرس عن اليسار. النبرة ما سنة 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 مين؟ سنة أني سنة؟ إذا فرس الفجر أوكي أي جات يور بوينت ناو. Brothers who are يعني from the Hanafi background they think that ركعتي الفجر is a must. No there's no must. It's important. There's a strong hadith of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم that these two rak'ahs are better than whole dunya. Rak'atay al-fajr khayr min dunya wa ma fiha. These are the sunnah now, not the start of fajr. These two rak'ahs before al-fajr is better than all the dunya and all the planet. That's the meaning of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. But it's not a must. It is not a must. It is sunnah. Sunnah means you are going to be rewarded if you do it. You are not going to be punished if you don't do it. Must, wajib means you are going to be rewarded if you do it. You may be punished if you don't. Yes, sir. What is that clear? Jazakallah khair. That jungles of Amazon, yes. The easiest answer for this to say that these are the places of Allah and He will take care of them. That's the easiest way. Because you and I are supposed to take care of ourselves and take care of it. And if we have a chance, as an example, if you are working in Dawah as an example, and you have a chance to go to Brazil and you can go to the Amazon jungles to make Dawah, Jazakallah These jungles or areas in, in Africa, middle of Africa as an example, nobody goes in there. If you have a chance to go there, go there. But are they going to be punished or not? Allah knows. Yeah, yeah, okay. But Allah knows. Allah knows and Allah will take care of them. Yeah, we do worry about that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just and He subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. He will take care of them. Jazakallah khair for the question. Yes, you have to hear. I was telling you that one of the Sahabi was putting to the water Yes, if this danger is true. And if we, uh, ulama said, as an example, if an enemy comes to you and puts the gun on your head, and you know the gun is loaded, and you know the guy is going to kill you if you don't, then you have to do it. Do it, go ahead. But if he says, I'll kill you tomorrow if you don't, so wait until tomorrow, maybe he will die. <laughs> so when you say that, a force must be there, and if, a true force. He, the gun is there, and he's going to kill you to, for sure, then you will say what he wants. No, no, because it's clear. ليش انه هو بكفر الله سبحانه وتعالى؟ إلا من أكره وقلبه مطمئن بالإيمان. قلبه مطمئن بالإيمان، إيمان is there خلاصا، but he was forced. Like Amr ibn Yasir, his head was put in the water and he was going to drown. خلاص he's dying, he saw the death. So in this case he said it and he came crying to Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to tell him the story. But Muhammad told him how you find your heart. Full of Iman. If they do it again, say it again. Yes, brother. Americans or Westerns or non-Muslims, non-believers, they are born Muslims. Yes. Everybody is born Muslim. Yes. 
Thank you for this one. Yes. Yes. I've learned that from you. Yes. They're not guided one minute that they are born with. Mm-hmm. They have not given any guidance. Um, an American child is born. True. That's why Muhammad has said in the hadith, and we mentioned now, that he said, ما من مولود إلا ويولد على الفطرة. الفطرة is Islam. Okay? فأبواه his parents will make him Jew or make him Christian or make him Magnet. So in this case now, that does not mean that they have the right because they were يعني driven driven astray that they are not going to be punished. Especially if they hear about this deed. And that's why Muhammad said in the other hadith, no Jew or Christian hears about me and does not accept Islam unless he goes to Jahannam. خلاص, he will go to Jahannam. He hears about Muhammad and about Quran, and alhamdulillah, now you cannot say that much people really do not hear about Islam. And this mass media now, which is among people now, the whole world become like one town. And this internet is, and subhanallah, I have noticed, and you maybe you noticed, that in the internet, so many people, they come and they talk to you about Islam, they know about Islam, although they are not Muslims. And as an example, I'll give you just a good, good uh, news. In Rawda, Jaliat office, that's beside my house. Daily, they have 10 people minimum accepting Islam. Daily. Where? Through internet. From Australia, from Europe, from America, Canada, South America, all around the world. Just through the internet. They have a chatting room, people come and ask questions, and then they make shahada. Daily, minimum 10 people. Through internet. So, what is my turn and your turn? In this case, our turn is to learn this deen, have strong faith in it, then go ahead, one step, as upon the Surah Al-Asr, practice it in our life, go another step, and call before it. And then we will face trouble, then we have to be patient for it. That's the four conditions Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Asr. So, what is my turn in this life? To eat, to enjoy? No, to enjoy this deen. And enjoyment of this deen, by the way, is the best enjoyment. You, some people may enjoy eating pizza or kabsa or whatever, okay? Some people may enjoy this or that, maybe watching the TV, watching this, uh, Hollywood or Bollywood and so on. But a true Muslim will enjoy to be with Allah. Will enjoy practicing this deed. SubhanAllah, like the case of Istighfar, Astaghfirullah, Istighfar. Wallahi, unbelievable how much people are enjoying Istighfar. Yes, Istighfar. Yes, enjoying Istighfar. Enjoying dhikr of Allah, Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Enjoying dhikr. When you remember Allah, when you recite the Quran, Uthman ibn Affar, the third Khalifa, he says, Wallah, if your heart were pure, you will never stop reading the Quran or reciting Quran. Because it's enjoyable, truly enjoyable. When you recite the Quran, you feel calm down. SubhanAllah. Alladheena amanu wa tatma'innu quloobuhum bidhikrillah. Ala bidhikrillah tatma'innu quloob. Why are we trying to say and to enjoy ourselves in things which is materialistic and they are gone very quick? Those people who drink alcohol, as an example, and they dance the whole night, Maybe they enjoy, they think they are enjoying, but next morning they have a hangover. Right? And they are tired and sick, and maybe they are not going to work or so on. But if those people, the other side, they are standing to pray and call Allah wa ta'ala, enjoying being with Allah alone, enjoying to have secrets with Allah wa ta'ala, they wake up early in the morning with a lot of happiness. Because they were with Allah wa ta'ala. Yeah, and just imagine, imagine now. One day you meet a guy, Okay, you take this card, okay, this card will let you get into the place of the king, or the president, or the minister, anytime you want. Just show the card, they will let you go. 
alliance. Fantastic. Just take the card and go and knock the door and get the alliance. I'm, I'm, I want to meet the king. Every day. Allah, yes. How, how, how high guy? MashaAllah, this guy is a shot guy. High shot. Babe, you are having a better than that. A lot better. To be with the creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who created everybody. The king of the king, subhanahu wa ta'ala. All you have to do is just make over and stand in front of him and talk to him. And he listens to you. Because praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is having two ways connection. You are talking to him and he's talking to you. He's talking to you through Quran. You are reciting. And you are talking to him through dua. How about that? Yes, exactly, exactly. And you shall ask, but the speaker is that. Yes, brother, you are close to us. Yes. Uh, actually, my question was about the, the basic theme of the talk today. Uh, about the, the ulama or the rulers, if they, they ask you to do forbidden things. But for that, you need the knowledge. Right? Exactly. And at times, the people take for granted that what the alim is telling me, he's a man because he thinks that he has all the ilam and he has all the more knowledge and what uh, I'm a bit confused at the criteria how to judge I mean it's okay if we change something which is very open against Islam or against uh, Sharia or against the Hadith of uh, Prophet Muhammad uh, it, it's very obvious but there are things uh, which are uh, not obvious to all the people to the general population so if you follow in this case an island without knowing that uh, I'm doing something against the uh, what about that? I'm I'm just this. Okay. Yes. 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 He's here mentioning, and what I mentioned just a few minutes ago, the types of people towards the orders which is against the Sharia. The ones who lost it and accept it, they are following it too because they know it's true, but they know it's wrong. Still they are following it. This is major. People who know that it's wrong, but they are doing this not because they hate Islam, but just because they want some favor. This is my call. Then he mentioned the third type who the people who do not know. Yani now, a person who is a regular person, and this, as you said, most of the people, they hear this such and such and say this is, must be done by people. And he doesn't know this is correct or not. He thinks that's correct because the alim is trustable, right? Now, when he does it with ignorance and that he cannot learn, he's not simple. He's not simple. Because he's following the alim. He cannot really. But if he knows, like an example, a person who doesn't know, and he was told by someone else that this is against Sharia because Allah said, and Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, and such and such other alim said. He will not say, no, no, I don't care, I'll be fanatic to this person and follow him. No. Because there is evidence. But if he doesn't know, as he said, you are right, you are right. Some people didn't know. Especially if they are busy with this life and too much things, you know, around, and he doesn't have time to check and search for this case. And he thinks that this alim is trustable and what he said is correct. He's not going to be sinful, inshallah. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is most great. Yes. Wallahi, uh, I have heard my, our ulama here so many times, to, they say, eat without question. Without question. But don't be so, and we are not supposed to be so dumb. Sorry to say this word. Because once we received a carton here, a box, a carton, okay, of, of fish in Romania, 
كانت in Romania in this cartoon the little halal by sharia islamia killed by sharia islamia fish is killed fish how much do you think we are stupid but in case of chicken usually especially they say that most of these factories in the west in Brazil there have been watched or seen by some committees or some علماء No, يعني to be on safe side, do not eat this لا يعني this meat which is in the west. Yeah. That's because that's what he's trying to say that to save Muslims from having hesitations. Okay, since he said that it's killed halal way, you didn't know that it's killed wrong way. Then you eat it. Yeah. The question: Why? Why they do not question? Because if you go and say, okay, this company is Sadia. Sadia is in Brazil, right? Sadia chicken comes from Brazil. Say no, no, I'm not eating. Unless I go ask, how much trouble do you take? You get my point? If you say no, okay, even Wataniya, even the judge al-Khawain, even this Farouk Zahabi, I will not eat unless I see they are. This is you are giving yourself so much trouble. أهل الكتاب يس يس بس أهل الكتاب سوري أهل يا ويز بسم الله بس they have to make بسم الله هنا do they make بسم الله هنا do they correct correctly they correct from the back that's the case they don't correct correct way أهل الكتاب now are not the same as أهل الكتاب before they are killing it wrongly now with electricity With this not, then we're not going to be doing this. But they, they suppose that Ahl Kitab are killing correct way, then we, but they are not correct. That's why we say that some of these, yani companies like Saudi as an example or any other company, I don't want to say, they are having some committee to come to their factory to see how are they killing the chicken and so on. For Muslims, alhamdulillah, now you can say even UK or United States or Canada or any other countries, now they are having their own way of, alhamdulillah, having these things. So, inshallah, if you use these things, you are helping your Muslim brothers instead of helping these people who are doing it wrongly. Yes. One question. This is in the Challenge what? We don't challenge and we just assume that these are a part of our religion. Okay. For example, I did not know that there are different ways of saying Salatul Jitter till I came to Saudi Arabia. Okay. Then I found out from the Adis, from Father, from the various houses that when I went and checked and I said, okay, maybe that the way that they are saying in Pakistan is probably not the right way. I'm not even qualified enough to make a judgment on the way they say. There are a lot of things which are actually in the part of society that you don't even want, you don't even challenge or you don't even consider to challenge that these are something that are right or wrong. Okay. So what happens in such a case? Because, because you're going against the, uh, 
sins of the Quran and the Prophet and uh, Allah, uh, Allah orders and did what the Prophet told you because you, it never occurred to you that this is, there is one thing that one scholar comes to you and says, please start reading. You can have your doubts about it and say, this is something new I need to prepare. But it's something which you've grown up with five years of your life. Never come into your mind. And then you suddenly so I mean, 150 million people in my country are saying, praise Salatam with the one way, which is totally different from what I understood now, from what is described in the Quran and Sunnah. Okay. The one who do not know is inshallah forgiven. Allah Rahman Rahim here is, is applied. No problem. But let me tell you something. You said Salat al in a different way. Are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? A medical doctor? Are. Imagine a doctor that he brought you a guy who is having a cut on his finger and a big cut on his neck. Where are you going to start? Now we, what we say now, we want to start with the neck now. The problem is not in Salat al or how to do Salah or how to do Istighfar or Tasbih and so on. The problem now comes in the case of the originals of the deed, the monotheism, Tawheed. Now we have Muslims who go to the grace and they worship the grace of Allah. So, I'm not, I'm not just objecting what you say, but I'm saying that a Muslim really should have some yani, sequence. He should have some sequence in his life. First of all, we have to make sure that our aqeed, our creed is correct. Do we believe in Allah the correct way? Do we worship Allah the correct way? Do we make any mistake? Because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he warned us three strong warnings. Very strong warnings about the case of the grace. Special. And you go, go and see now Muslims. He told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as a story, he told us, the hadith of Ibn Abbas, he told us that the people of Nuh, before Nuh, after, actually from Adam, 10 centuries, they were in monotheism. After 10 centuries, five pious persons died. Mentioned in Surah Nuh, when these pious persons died, people were shocked. So shocked. So Shaitan came to give them advice. And who is going to take advice from his enemy, Shaitan? But these people did. He told, he told them, why you, Shaykh, bury them like this? Make them a remember. A remembering people. Make their pictures and their graves and so So you remember their worshipping? You worship Allah fantastically. Now in the beginning, they see the grave, they see the idol, they see the, the picture, they remember that guy, oh mashallah, then he, they start to pray. Later on, and shaitan is smart, not one day, or one generation, maybe generations, he will start to make difference. If you ask yourself now, if you are walking in some areas where there is a grave in the masjid, with your child, and his son asks you, father, why, why this man is buried in here? Why not in the graveyard with the others? What's the answer? Because he's special, he's not regular. Ah, special. Then if he is special, then there is something special about him. Why don't we give this the, the benefit of this speciality? By asking barakah, by making dua, by making Quran. That's what happened to Muslims. How many people now going to uh, you know in, in Iraq and Najaf and Karbala? Millions of people going there to worship and make tawaf. La ilaha illallah. Not also in Iraq, but even by Sunnah people in some Arabic countries. I don't want to say their names because I don't want to make some sensitivity in here. Some, there is a grave in one Arabian country. There are millions of people going there every year. More than the people go to Hajj for Mecca. And they make tawaf and they shave heads and they sacrifice it. Now, do, in this case now, are we supposed to concentrate on how to do Sunnah Salah or to do this? Or are we supposed to concentrate in the case of Tawheed or Manifest? We want to save ourselves and save our Muslim brothers. 
Because as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Muhammad Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his hadith clearly warned us not to do this. Because this is going to happen in his ummah. And he said it's it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He warned us from constructing the building his own grave. How many people are doing this? And they say, why, why, what? Why you say don't bury your, uh, your wise people into the masjid? Why Muhammad Ah, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. No, wait. Muhammad sallallahu was not buried in the masjid. Be careful. Exactly. The, most of these people, they take this as a, a granted. Okay, let's wait. We need to talk to No, wait, wait. Muhammad sallallahu is buried in the masjid. We bury our wise people in the masjid. No, ya habibi. This is wrong. Muhammad sallallahu was buried in, in his room or Aisha's room outside of the masjid. And 77 years later of his death, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and... Amawi Khalifa wanted to enlarge the masjid of Muhammad sallallahu and he made a mistake by including the room. And he destroyed the other rooms, but the room where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abu Bakr Umar, there he left it, as it is in there. Ah, this is a problem in here. So what we need actually now to concentrate in, what is the case of Tawheed? How to save ourselves and save our Muslim brothers. If I die without doing any sunnah, I still, inshallah, in the safe side. My good deeds will not be, will not be much, yes, but still I am in the safe side because I'm an atheist. But if that person who is doing a lot of good deeds, a lot of salah, soom, hajj, zakah, but he is making polytheism, all of these are in vain. You fruitless, useless. As Allah tells in the Holy Book, إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ الْجَنَّةِ وَلَوْ أَشْرَكُوا لَحَبِطَ عَنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُوا So I, 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 don't, mean, I, I, don't, want, I don't want to offense your, your question, but I wanted to explain that we are supposed to concentrate where the case is really important. As Muhammad sallam, why Muhammad sallam for 10 years by the order of Allah ta'ala speak nothing about salah or salam or hajj zakah except la ilaha illallah. Do you think this is that wisdom? Astaghfirullah. Big wisdom is there. Is that people must clear first of all their aqeedah, their creed, then they can talk about that. Is that a question? 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 Is that a question?